Wisconsin's Afternoon News is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. Yeah, Sandy Max is here. So is Greg Matzik, Debbie Lazica, and Adam Roberts. And today is High Day. It's like High Day. I mean, you celebrate the ratio of the circumference of the circle and its diameter. Who doesn't love that? A little mathematical equation. <laughs> You're a mathlete today. I like it. 314, it is Pi Day. So I became confused with this. It really, it was more, are others confused? Because there is a National Pi Day, P-I-E, which is January 23rd. <laughs> and then there's National Pi Day for all the folks who appreciate math, uh-huh. which I never did. Once they started putting letters in it, I sort of bailed out of math. It's no longer math if there are letters. That was my mm-hmm. deduction. <laughs> so I, I just wonder, do, do places ramp up for National Pi Day, P-I, like they would P-I-E? Thank you for calling Aggies. I'm going to help you. Hi, is this uh, Aggies Bakery and Cake Shop? This is Aggies. What can I do for you? Hi there. It's uh, Greg Matzik calling from WTMJ Radio. I, I got a tape running. So it, it's National Pie Day. Are, are you guys cooking up anything special for National Pie Day, even though it's like the mathematical pie and not the pie that we like to eat? We do have single-serve pies, nine-inch pies. And handheld pies in our store today. You do? Okay. Was there, like, anything special going on because it's National Pie Day? We just it just said it's Pie Days, and we made a bunch of extra pies to put out in the store for our, our, our clients. Okay, so that's funny. I, I wonder if you have, like, some customers who are, like, confused because it's, it's like, the mathematical pie. I'm not sure, but they're not confused. Everybody keeps coming in asking if we have pies. Well, it, it's probably because you guys make delicious pies, right? <laughs> we do make one of the best pies in the city, yes. All right, so if I'm going to come in, like, what's the one I need to get? What's the pie that everybody has to have if they've never been to Aggie's Bakery and Cake Shop? Um, either an, our apple pie or our blueberry pie are my two favorites. Those are my two favorites. Do you guys do one of those mincemeat pies? Those are kind of strange. We do not do a mincemeat pie. I don't even know what mincemeat is. Is that something that you grew up with? Uh, not me, no. Yeah. That seems like a strange one to me. I'm a big fan of apple pie. I've got banana pies, banana cream pie, and chocolate cream pie in the store. And is today kind of a busier day than normal for you, would you expect? For pies, yes. I think people are confused. You know what? This day is catching on, and it's becoming more and more popular for people to order pies on this day. Well, that's great for you, right? You bet. (laughs) That's great. Happy National Pie Day. All right, honey. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so no confusion, just another day to celebrate pie. Oh, that was wonderful. Excuse to celebrate. I'm all for it. So stop off at uh, Aggie's in West Dallas. I think it's on Greenfield. They're going to be waiting for you. Everything's off Greenfield. I mean, they said they have apple, and you said you liked apple. I think you might be making a stop on the way home. Perfect. Oh, that was so fun. She's so Wisconsin. What a wonderful woman. (laughs) That's great. Oh, that's good stuff, Greg. (laughs) Happy Pie Day. It's 413 at WTMJ. Well, as far as we know, Aaron Rodgers is still a Green Bay Packer. Hopefully that will end soon, and the drama will move to New York City. Rich Semini covers the Jets for ESPN, NFL Nation reporter out there in the Big Apple. Hey, Rich, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. Hey, I'm hoping you can confirm something. I'm just reading a note here that it appears that Aaron Rodgers is now demanding that his Uber driver, his masseuse, and his dry cleaner be put on the Jets' payroll if he's going to become part of the team. 
I, I can't confirm that, but uh, those rumors are out there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like Aaron's uh, maybe he's got a few wish lists uh, right now for the Jets. Yeah, it, it's already developing, and I guess this is not a surprise, Rich. Uh, before we get to you know the players that could be involved in a in a Jets free agent frenzy, I, I'm curious to know the sentiment of the fan base. Right, you've got members of the Jets burning cheese heads because they want to manifest Rogers to New York. The process seems to be dragging out a little longer than some anticipated, but it's Aaron, so who knows? Like, like, has this done anything to the fan base to sort of set them off and, and maybe reverse their sentiment toward the quarterback? You know, that's really hard to say. I mean, uh, I'm so immersed in this free agency stuff. I mean, I think the fan base has been going back and forth. I, I took a poll on Twitter, you know, probably a couple of weeks ago and asked them, would you rather have Carr? Uh, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, or another choice. And uh, Carr won convincingly at that point. I think it was like 10 or 12% over Aaron Rodgers, which stunned me. <laughs> I mean, Derek Carr is hes like a mid-level quarterback. Rodgers is maybe not the Rodgers he once was, but still better than Derek Carr. And, and so now I think it's turned a little bit more pro-Aaron uh, pro Rodgers. But the length of this, Saga, I think, has been taking a toll on the Jets fan base, and I think they're getting kind of tested on Twitter, just like ended already, become a Jet. Kind of the latest sentiment. So what do you know about the meeting that Aaron and the Jets had last week? I, I have to imagine discussion over other free agents that Aaron played with last year and in years prior. Discussion about bringing them potentially to New York had to happen at that point. I, I don't imagine this just came up and became a thing today. But what do you know about those discussions in that meeting? Yeah, exactly. That's what happened. You know, they got into an all-encompassing discussion. Uh, you know, they certainly discussed stuff like that. I, I think they discussed, um, you know, just team fit. Nathaniel Hackett was on that trip. Uh, you know, of course, they spent three years together in Green Bay. So I think also because he's the only one in the group that really knew Rodgers. So I think it was more of a get acquainted for Roberts. And, you know, you guys know Salah's best friend in the world is Matt LaFleur. And so I'm sure he feels like he knows Rodgers, but from talking to Matt every day, because Salah and Matt talk every day and spend time with him. So he got that chance. Woody Johnson, the owner, got that chance. And so that's I think that was a bulk of the meeting. Like, is there anything in your mind, Rich, that tells you a deal will not get done between Rodgers and the Jets? No. I think everything, you know, and it is dragging out to the point of, you know, it's just it, it's just craziness at this point. But I, I'm sure, look, money is usually a big part of stuff like this. This is a business. So I'm sure they're going through the contract. They're going to restructure that contract. You all know he's got like $59 million coming to him this year, guaranteed. The Jets don't want to take on that much money. They'd like to restructure it. So it's a matter of doing that with the Packers, getting Rodgers to sign off, agreeing to trade compensation. It's probably the more complex deals either of these teams have done in a long, long time. And so that's why it's taking long. I'm, I was thinking it might happen today based on some optimism at the Jets early this morning. Tomorrow is the start of the league year, uh, and these moves, trade can become official at 4 o'clock tomorrow. So I'm thinking at this point the Jets may want to just save it for 401 tomorrow and just get get the opportunity to trumpet that trade themselves. 
I'm guessing they're not having conversations with Randall Cobb if they don't feel Aaron's going to be their quarterback, right? I, I can't imagine he's a free agent trade target. No. I, I, you know, yeah, Randall Cobb and Mercedes Lewis as well. It's like, all right, I get the Lazard sighting. You know, he's a solid football player. He's only 27 years old. The Jets could use a wide receiver because they'll probably cut Corey Davis now. I get that. But, I mean, Randall Cobb, 32, Mercedes Lewis. Lewis was he thirty eight or something like that? And I know I know Rogers loves this guy, these guys. But I think if you're the Jets, you kind of have to draw the line right now and say, okay, Aaron, we got you one of your guys. We can't get you all of your guys. I mean, it, it just seems from a football standpoint, and if you're the GM of the Jets, how does this make you feel that the guy who used to be our quarterback slash general manager is now apparently putting on the GM hat there in New York and? Roster slots are a finite number, and he's asking you to take up a couple of those for his guys. That'd be a great question for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers GM. Yep. Because Tom Brady did this, did the same thing when he got the job in uh, it was it twenty twenty when Brady first went down there. He essentially rustled up, uh, you know, Gronk uh, out of retirement and brought in some guys that he liked a lot. You know, so essentially he was wearing that hat as well. I don't think the Bucks had any you know, reservations about it, especially the way it turned out. So, you know, I don't think Joe Douglas is going to have any qualms with it. I mean, it isn't, like I said, Lazard is a good player, so it's not like a stretch. Now, like I said, if they sign Mercedes Lewis, then we got to say, hey, wait a minute here. And Plus, the Jets have three good tight ends, you know, so then you're signing a guy and probably impeding the development of the younger player if you bring in one of uh, Aaron's guys. So for now it's okay, but let's see if they uh, if they push the envelope a little too far. Uh, do Jets fans think we're nuts for wanting Aaron Rodgers to be elsewhere? <laughs> uh, you know, like I said, I think Jets fans, you know, they're not a one hundred percent on board with this just because of the the delay. Jets fans are notoriously impatient, and they want things yesterday, and they wanted like Rodgers to be running you know, into town, you know, on a white horse, you know, and loving, wanting to play for the Jets. It's obviously not happening that way. You know, it seems like he's almost reluctant to come into town. So they, they have some mixed feelings about it, plus the fact that he's 39. He's coming off arguably his worst year. So, uh, you know, no, I don't think they're thinking of Packer fans saying, oh, the Packer fans are nuts. I think they're thinking, well, the Packers are probably going to go into a rebuild here and they have a young quarterback that they've developing. So I, I think they understand that. And do you think Jets fans, let's say 401 tomorrow, the Jets say, hey, guess who our new quarterback is? Are Jets fans going to welcome him with open arms and go, okay, we love you and be supportive? Or is this going to be a tougher group than he's used to in Packer Nation? Yeah, I think it'll be a tougher group. A friend of mine, I have a friend who's just like a, a like a 40 or 50 year jet fan and i can he's a very intelligent jet fan and he's been texting me the last few days and just saying i don't want far i'm i keep calling him far you know I, I covered the Favre trade 15 years ago i'm having deja vu so I, I apologize but he's like i don't want rogers it's too much drama he's a diva and this is a very intelligent even keeled jet fan who i've been friends with for a long time is texting me every day i don't want this guy and I think when he throws his first touchdown pass, the stadium's going to explode. They're going to welcome him, and they'll forget all about this drama. 
All right, Rich, uh, this just in, I'll leave you with this. It's crossing the wire that uh, Rodgers is demanding his barber be allowed to become a member of the Jets we sure he organization. Has one. We sure he has one. Yeah, you can have that guy, too, because he apparently doesn't well, do I think the Jets, are, the Jets are researching some uh, holistic spas in the North Jersey area <laughs> so that, you know, you know, that he could uh, feel comfortable with. If you just got a dark room, that's probably good enough. Rich Samini yeah. is well, with ESPN. Rich, it's always great to catch yeah, up. Thank you so much. much. All right, thanks, guys. So if you live in Milwaukee, you pay a fee that's designed to help keep the lights on, the street lights on, and to help repair them when they go out. And for the average Milwaukee homeowner, that fee is 40 bucks a year. 40 bucks a year is an additional fee that you pay so that there are enough electricians in the city of Milwaukee just to keep the street lights lit when they go out. There are a lot of lights, so they go out all the time. And there's a team of electricians that what they do is they go out and they repair the street lights in Milwaukee. So you pay 40 bucks annually if you live in Milwaukee to do that. The reason they do that is because in recent years, it's taken on average about three days in some areas of the city to get the street lights repaired. That used to not be the case. It used to be that it was within 24 hours in 90% of the times. They have less workers, and so it takes longer. So they instituted this fee so they could hire and train new electricians so that streetlights wouldn't stay out as long. In many neighborhoods, this is a safety issue. And well, I also like that, you know, typically government doesn't necessarily think competitively like that. So they fully acknowledged, hey, we've got yep. to get competitive rates and reasonable work schedules. So I like that they thought ahead on that. Well, they apparently didn't think it through because the times have not improved. You're still being charged the fee. And they have not hired the electricians. So congratulations. You're collecting the fees. And things have not changed. Now, they say there are several reasons for this. It's hard to hire electricians. The training is extensive. I mean, I didn't realize this. It takes about a year for a new electrician just to become familiar with our infrastructure. So even if they're the best technician in the world, it'll take about a year for them to learn the infrastructure. Also... In the electricity field, you get hired as an apprentice, and then it's a four-year program before you're an electrician qualified to work for the city. So they say we're collecting the money, and yeah, we're going to get to it, but so far there has been no change. And they admit that there's frustration. Well, I would say another thing, not only do you need the electrical knowledge and prowess just coming out of MATC or whatever program you come out of, this is outdated equipment right this is like historic uh, antique equipment that uh 33 a third of milwaukee street lights are powered by pre-1930 series circuitry so think of an old christmas tree string of lights remember when you like one would go out you'd have to go through each bulb and figure out figure out which one it was that is supposedly what some of the circuitry a third of it in milwaukee's street lights are this is just not a good return on your investment, though. If you're a Milwaukee homeowner, you already pay the highest taxes of any county in our state, number 72 out of 72. You've been collecting this fee with the promise that this would get taken care of. You would think that you would have studied the process beforehand and not made the promise. Study the issue beforehand and say, you know what, we got to tell everybody, though. We're working on it. We have a plan, but it's going to be four years before this gets implemented. That's not what they said. And now everything's the same. And in some neighborhoods, this is a real issue. 
with reckless driving and menacing behavior on the streets and streetlights out for multiple days in some neighborhoods. Uh, let's hope they get this figured out. By the way, the article I'm citing was written by our friend Jeremy Janine at Urban Milwaukee. Urban Milwaukee does such a good job with many issues that are hyper-local to the city of Milwaukee. So shout out to them. Uh, Jeremy and his team over there always do a really, really nice job. So thanks for staying on top of the issues that matter to our city. It is 443 at WTMJ. All right, one of the highlights of the week is CBS's Chief Washington Correspondent, Major Garrett, who's with us up next. Major Garrett is CBS's Chief Washington Correspondent. He is also the guy in charge of the Takeout Podcast for here on the weekend of WTMJ. I always check that out. And his book is The Big Truth. Major, thank you so much for making some time for us. Hello, John. How are you, sir? Man, everything is really good. How was spring training? Spring training was fun. It was really, really great. Um, for those who haven't been, it's a very relaxed form of baseball. Uh, and I can tell you the pitch clock, if you're a baseball fan, you are going to love it. And especially if you're a baseball fan of a certain age, as I am, meaning over 40, and you remember baseball played in the 70s and the early 80s when there was a great rhythm and the pitchers basically stood on the mound and the batter stayed in the batter's box and catch the ball, throw the ball, a lot of action, a lot of movement. That's what we're going to return to. Baseball will thrive because of it. Awesome. Hey, I want to ask you about what's making headlines. Oh, the, other thing, the, other thing yep. I, the other thing I would say about the pitch clock is we're basically done with the walk-up song. Okay. Oh. You know, the walk-up songs now go for like three verses by the time it all ends. <laughs> with the pitch clock, it's like, name that tune. It's like yeah. three notes, then you're in the back. Let's go. Let's go. Let's play <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, so the big news today, Major, is that the United States is forced down a, a forced to take down one of our own drones after yeah. U.S. after Russian fighter jets intentionally dumped fuel on the big drone. Mm-hmm. Then they banged mm-hmm. into it, and so we take yep. it down. This seems incredibly dangerous and incredibly risky for unintended consequences and unintended escalation. Uh, my gosh, what is happening here? So the uh, chief spokesperson for the Biden administration National Security Committee, uh, John Kirby, did a briefing with reporters today. And I'm going to actually have him on the show this week. He's my guest for the takeout. Ooh. So we're going to have 45 minutes with uh, one of the top uh, international foreign policy advisors of the president of the United States on the takeout this week. And we're going to dig, dig deeply into this. But he said these types of events are not uncommon, but this is definitely different. The Russian ambassador has been summoned to the State Department today to discuss this. Uh, U.S. military aircraft have been flying around uh, Russia in international airspace. The Russians have taken notice. This Reaper drone is the drone, so it's not one of these little teeny things. It's not what you see at the golf course, little teeny camera things. No, this is a significant piece of military equipment. It's a surveillance device providing in international airspace surveillance to NATO and the U.S. about what's going on in the Black Sea. So this is an escalation. There's no other way to look at it. And in an escalatory environment, when the communications between Russia and the United States are intermittent at best, it creates the possibility for confusion, overreaction, and bad consequences. So this is a moment. Nothing, is, nothing has escalated, but it creates the possibility of that. And it comes within an atmosphere in which, on the Republican side, the politics about Ukraine are getting dicier, and there are more visible splits among Republicans about what the U.S. policy vis-a-vis that war should be. Ron DeSantis and former President Trump are now basically, we have no interest in there. 
and we should back away. Nikki Haley, Mike Pompeo, Mike Pence, and others are not. And this action by the Russians comes within that atmosphere where prominent Republicans, I just named two, are saying we should get out or back away or no longer invest as aggressively in this. And if you don't think the Russians are acting as a, in a reflection of that split, they are. So it all happens within this atmosphere. The war in, in Ukraine has always been dangerous for the United States, for NATO, and most obviously for the Ukrainians. This makes it slightly more dangerous. I know escalation is inherently dangerous. Are there options for the Biden administration, or do we just say, hey, we didn't like that very much, and we're talking to your guy, and now that's that? It's an interesting, it's an interesting question. It's one of the things I'm going to raise with John Kirby. Is this, I mean, what are our options? Is this something that, I mean, first of all, the number one thing the United States needs to do is retrieve the drone. We don't want the Russians to retrieve it, okay, for obvious reasons. It's ours, it's our technology, and it's our surveillance. So we need to recapture that, first of all. Second of all, we need to get a clarification from the Russians on was this an accident, was this intentional, what their motives were. And look, at this stage of the game, John, let's be very candid and very basic. It doesn't do much good to say to Moscow, well, this is a violation of international airspace. Hello? What's been going on for a year and a month now? A grotesque, obvious violation of all international law and rules of sovereignty with the invasion of Ukraine. So they clearly don't care about that. And there is a mountain of evidence of war crimes being committed by Russian soldiers in Ukraine. They don't care about the international law there either. So the fangs of Russia are clear. They've been clear in Ukraine for 13 months. Now they have touched and forced us to deal with something that's ours in the region, but in international airspace. So what are our options? I don't know what they are. The Biden administration isn't giving any suggestion about what they might be. Yes, calling the ambassador to the State Department is one answer. Is it the only answer? We'll find out. Is there any other reaction from other countries who are watching this happen? Okay, there might be. I, I, I must say I've been looking at a couple of other things for the last two hours, but in the last two hours I, I haven't heard anything or seen anything, but I'm sure NATO will weigh in on this. And my guess is uh, European Union countries will make some statement about this. They will condemn it, of course. Um, there's uh, one thing that may be completely unrelated, but the polls said today that they are willing to give Ukraine fighter jets. And the administration's position on that is any sovereign country can make any decision it wants to about aiding Ukraine as they see fit. The United States isn't going to veto or advocate one or the other. I don't know if these things are related, but the polls have made that announcement today. And that would, would give Ukrainians more ability to defend themselves and possibly get more aggressive with Russian forces massing on their border for a possible spring offensive. Don't know, but that's certainly possible. CBS's Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett is with us on WTMJ. So the big news around here, Major, involves Aaron Rodgers, our quarterback, who apparently is going to the Jets, and Packer fans are increasingly happy that the saga will end here in Wisconsin. Uh, you're, you're a longtime Charger guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. Uh, not anymore, but I was. I grew up as a Charger fan, for sure. And look, Aaron Rodgers is an enormously important figure in NFL history, one of the best quarterbacks ever. Uh, he has become increasingly interesting to watch as a character, separate from his ability to play football, and I think I'm being diplomatic there. Um, and I will tell you, if I'm the Jets, I'm deeply nervous. I mean, this is either going to be done or not done, and 
if you're the Jets, you want it done. The window of opportunity is closing. And Aaron Rodgers, I don't think I need to tell Green Bay Packers fans this, has sort of indulged in the last three or four years on stringing people and fans and people who really care about his future and the future of the team he's attached to along. Seems like that's what's going on here. I'm the Jets. I want this wrapped up and wrapped up soon. The longer it goes, the worse it gets. And you don't want to be jilted with the Jets if you're passing over other opportunities. So this has a certain element of drama to it, and it seems that in addition to being an excellent quarterback, uh, Aaron Rodgers has learned how to specialize in drama. Oh, definitely. You got and that right. I love well the, put. I love that you used <laughs> the word. probably in, an understatement, right? Well yeah. put, yeah. And I think no, your you word know, but... indulged is a great, great phrase, because it is. They, the Packers completely <laughs> indulged all of his whims when he wanted them, and now look where yeah. we are. Yep. All right. Hey, Major, yeah. want to make sure people know they can find the Takeout Podcast with John Kirby, the assistant to the Secretary yeah. of Defense, right? John Kirby. Well, he's it's... not the Secretary of Defense. He's no. not the Secretary of Defense. No, he's the public affairs he's, guy, right? He, he was public affairs, the admiral in charge of public affairs at the Pentagon. He's now in, inside the White House. And awesome. he's the chief spokesperson for the National Security Council. But he's a significant player in the Biden White House. He, Tony Blinken, and uh, the Defense Secretary Austin and uh, Jake Sullivan, all, three, all four of them basically are the core. So everything that is discussed inside the White House and around the Resolute Desk, John Kirby knows about. So John Kirby with the NSC... On the takeout, yes. it's this Saturday at 6 o'clock, you say, Adam? 6 o'clock, that's right, on WTMJ. We hope you check it out. Major, it's always good to catch up. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. See you.